I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome in to the It's You Tell Us World podcast. Tom Hackett, Steve Bartle with you guys, as we are every week, uh, powered by Utone.com, KSLSports.com, and of course our sponsors, Nate Waite Subaru. Check them out, 1207 South Main Street, Salt Lake City, or you can head to NateWaite.com. Uh, they've got this deal going on. I'll be, I'll be quick. If you drive a Subaru, they can get you in a brand new 2021 Subaru for, for as much as you're currently paying, or sometimes less. And it makes no sense. Don't ask me, ask them. That's NateWade.com. Uh, Steve, my man, what's uh, Yo. what's going on, dude? What's up, Tommy? I'm Man, I'm doing good. We got the spring game coming up on Saturday. Uh, man, uh, I'm pumped. Uh, <laughs> I'm pumped. Like, to be back in there, you know, after, uh, what was the last time we were in there at Rice Eccles? Uh, December? Yeah. So... Like, just thinking of that south end zone, getting a look at that baby. Ooh, man, I'm pumped. We're what? What's today? Wednesday? Wednesday no, or Thursday? Thursday? Today's Thursday. So we're two days away, bro. Two days away from the spring game. I'm pumped. I'm hyped. Two uh, two days away. Noon kickoff. Uh, red versus white, as always. And uh, it'll be fun. How many? 10,000 fans, do they say? Is that, is that what they're doing? 10,000? 6,500. 6,500. Okay. That's... That'll be a decent chunk of, of yeah. I mean, it, you know what? It'll feel like nothing, but that's okay. It's just the spring game. And in a stadium that holds 45-odd thousand, six and a half thousand, feels like absolutely nothing, but that's okay. At least fans that uh, weren't able to get in last season, because, of course, it was just the families last year that were allowed to get in. And even then, at the start of the season, they weren't allowing anybody in. It wasn't until the end of the season that families started to be able to come into Rice Eccles and watch their... Uh, watch their loved ones play. So it'll be, it'll be massive. It'll be massive. 6,500 people. They were selling in packs of four for $22. Normally the spring game is free, but 22 in honor of Ty Jordan, the late great Ty Jordan. Um, and all the money, all the money received will be going towards um, uh, the Ty Jordan scholarship fund. So this episode yeah. will obviously be about the spring game, Steve. And, Oh, it's such an interesting game, and we do we we talk about it every year. Um, and and we spoke about it last week too. It's it's always hard to try and pinpoint areas which you know you want to really focus on as a member of the media. What position groups do we really want to have a good look at? And because it is just a dress rehearsal at the end of the day. Sure. The, the defense is in cover two, cover three, and they don't go out of it. Quarterbacks are generally not live. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's, it is always hard. But with that being said, you, you do get a, you do get an okay sense as to where the team's at, yeah. where position groups are at. So, so any any position groups in particular uh, for you, Steve? Man, you know where I'm going with this, Tom. I'm, I'm excited to see the quarterbacks, man. Um, you know, uh, we were talking about it before the show, but you know, all the eggs in the basket. There you go. <laughs> uh, so many eggs in a basket, Steve. So many eggs. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, for real, I, I think – uh, you know, when we're talking about the uh, the quarterback position, I'm, you know, we're talking about guys, this being a dress rehearsal and guys are likely to sit out. I'm, you know, whether or not Charlie Brewer sits out, like Utah's got some talented quarterbacks that we'll be seeing on, on Saturday. You know, we're talking, you know, obviously Peter Costelli, Jaquin and Jackson, uh, Cooper Justice, who was, who joined the team last year. I've heard really good things about Cooper Justice in terms of his potential. Um, a, a lot of folks have talked about him being comparable to Travis Wilson. So I'm excited to see him. Uh, and then also Bryson Barnes, who was a local product here out of uh, a small town. I want to say like Milford. I want to say it's a very small town in Southern Utah. He, uh, he, he was the talk of the town, or at least the talk of the sources <laughs> after week one in spring camp. Uh, just it made a really good impression, and so I'm excited to see him as well. So, uh, you know, regardless of whether or not we see Charlie Brewer, um, I'm, I'm super excited to see the quarterback position and see the guys in the program and kind of the, get a look at the future of the position. Yeah, no, I think, I think that makes two of us. Obviously, the quarterback is, is the biggest – is the biggest position group that most fans are going to be taking a look at because last right. year it was weird, right? Cam Rising, we we saw half a quarter from him, and then he got injured, and we never saw a peak. Um, and then, of course, Bentley came in and didn't do a ton, and and so and so this is a brand spanking new quarterback room. Uh, Peter Castelli, right. uh, Quinn Jackson, a few of the guys you mentioned. Uh, I hope they play Charlie Brewer. I just, I just hope that he isn't live. I hope, I hope, he, I hope he's just, you know, he's got right. a, a yellow tank top on and um, a defensive lineman. If they do get to him, just touch him to s- suggest that they would have gotten a sack. And that because I think the fans deserve to see Charlie Brewer. There's all this talk about Charlie Brewer being the, you know, the next great thing for Utah football. Carl Whittingham, Steve, even like openly bringing up Charlie Brewer's name, um, even when he wasn't necessarily asked about Charlie Brewer. And so I think the fans of 6,500, the the hardcores, the junkies that are going to be in there, I think they deserve to see some Charlie Brewer and see what he's all about. Um, Because we've heard nothing but good things. Nothing but good things. Yeah. I tell you, a position group I'm looking at is uh, the O-line. Okay. Yeah, I, I yeah. really need to see the O line, see what they're all about because I, uh, and we've spoken about this on the podcast um, specifically last year. They've just they've just gotten off to a slow start for too many years now. It's taken them too many games to find their find their footing and and, and to start hitting their stride. And so it'd be it'd be awesome for for the O-line to, to get off to a, a good start, to really strong, positive start in, in 2021. Uh, and yeah. I'm still under the impression, Steve, I, look, I'm still under the impression that Utah football offensively has enough talent uh, on the outside. I think they've got a good wide receiver group. 
Uh, I think last year's was better, but I still think they have a good wide receiver group. They've obviously got very talented tight ends. I think they've they've got a good running boot group core. Uh, Micah Bernard, Curry, and Pledger. I think all three of them will have an impact in 2021. Um, and, and I I think the quarterback's going to be sufficient anyway. I'm not going to go out and say the quarterback's going to be elite because Utah hasn't had an elite quarterback since. And this is just my opinion. Uh, Tyler Huntley 2019 was the only full season that Utah football was able to get a quarterback um, with a Heisman campaign. And then since then, I mean, it's been, it's been over a decade. But anyway, we don't need to go down that road. I, I think the offensive line offensively is going to be the one question mark going into 2021. If they can get off to a good start and if they can provide and if they can, if they can excel – Utah football is going to win a lot of football games in 2021, but the offensive line is key, Steve, to, in my yeah. opinion. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I'm, I'm super excited. You know, we talk a lot about the starting five and, and uh, Kyle Whittingham and both. So both Kyle Whittingham and Jim Harding have talked about uh, the, the emphasis in spring ball being about individual development and progress. And I think, you know, that's, that's important when you're talking about offensive line, as much as it is about them uh, improving as a unit and building chemistry, um, you know, guys have to get better individually because you're still in those one-on-one battles. You're still in those, those one-on-one matchups and guys have to get better. They have to improve their technique. And so I, uh, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm very excited to see the offensive line. Um, You know, and in particular, I'm, I'm excited to see guys that, maybe we don't get to see a lot of um, or, or haven't seen a lot of And talking about Bamadeli Olaseni. We've talked about him a lot over the last two years, uh, but it sounds like he's made good progress this off season. Um, it sounds like he's got his weight under control. He's his time in the program has simply allowed him to kind of get better acclimated within the offense and, and that, and so he's cut down on some mental mistakes is what uh, Coach Harding talked about. And then, you know, we're talking in offensive line. A lot of that is, is going to be about the development of some of the young guys. There, I think there's nine, nine offensive linemen that are either freshmen or sophomores. And so that's a lot of young talent, and guys are going to have to take step a step forward to to kind of solidify their place on the depth chart. I'm excited to see that group for sure. Um, I think I'm mostly interested in seeing two offensive tackles, um, and that being uh, Luke Felix Fualalu and Falcon Kamatule. Um, both were projects um, were were considered project type prospects during their recruitment in 2019. Uh, they have a lot of physical traits that you just, you know, you can't, can't teach, can't, can, uh, can't find. Uh, I think both are at least six, seven, six, eight. Uh, so they have good size, good athleticism. I'm excited to see their progress. We're now entering year two and, and this is where, you know, we started, this is where we talked about them starting to make, to hit their stride is in year two and year three. And so I'm excited to see those two in particular along the offensive line. Completely agree with you that uh, the offenses, uh, offensive line is going to be a big determining factor in Utah's success this season. 
So uh, accordingly, want to see a lot of progress from that group. And so I think that's going to be a very key position group to pay attention to uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad we agree, Steve, because uh, to be quite fair, um, as I look ahead to the 2021 season, um, I, I, I really and this is kind of the case most years, I guess, but. I don't have a ton of concerns defensively. Um, no. The loss of the loss of Nate Ritchie will 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 hurt because it would have been it would have been really fun to see him uh, develop from from obviously um, year one to year two. And I thought as the year went on in two thousand twenty, he got substantially better. You know, at the start of the yeah. year, he was a bit timid playing that safety spot, and then. As the year went on, I mean, I can remember plays being made against Colorado. He was in the I mean, seriously. He looked like he looked like a a, a, a broader version of Eric Weddle, and I, I don't use that yeah. term lightly. He's in the box. He's 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 getting in yeah. to the backfield, making plays. He's flying in when he's playing safety, or he's he's flying. I mean, like he was really, really, really impressive. Yeah, he really freshman. settled in. Yeah, agreed. Yep. So, so I think like the loss of him will hurt, but but. RJ Hubert, is that who you're anticipating to see replace Richie? Who who would you put your money on there? You know, I think he's the odds on favorite to be the second safety with Vontae Davis. But I'm I'm curious because Utah's got some young talent at that at that position with uh Kamoi Latu and and Cole Bishop, who just joined the program a couple months ago. He's a true freshman, similar to Nate Ritchie. Uh, in in that you know they were freshmen last. Richie was a freshman last year. Bishop will be a freshman this year. Um, but Kamoi Latu was another safety, and I I really like his game and how it fits at that strong safety position. Yeah, if we're going to consider, if we're going to assume that Vontae Davis holds on to that free safety position, which he should because he really emerged as a big time playmaker for Utah this past season. Um, I really like how Kamoi Latu fits in that strong safety position. He's a physical, tenacious type of a player. Um, Want to see how good he is in coverage. I think that's the key for, for Kamoi Latu is how, how much progress has he made in terms of his coverage in man-on-man and zone situations. Uh, but Cole Bishop is another guy, like I mentioned. Uh, he's, he's come in as an early enrollee. Uh, and I think Whittingham mentioned this at one point during spring camp that, you know, sees a lot of Nate Ritchie in Cole Bishop. And so that's, you know, I know Nate Ritchie has only played, uh, he only played five games, but that's, I think that's pretty high praise considering how high Utah was on, on Ritchie during his recruitment, you know, so uh, really excited to see the safety group. Um just because there there are some good players there. And then, you know, not only is, is Cole Bishop, he's not the only early enrollee, but Blue Stewart, um, who's also known as Darian Stewart, but he goes by Blue. Uh, he's another guy. He's another early enrollee that I think has some fun qualities that can be developed. He's a big hitter, um, and, and I think that's something that Utah loves about him. I think it's just about getting him more comfortable in coverage and in deep coverage uh, situations. Uh, but he's going to be another guy to pay attention to, um, you know, in the spring game. I'm sure he's going to be a kid that they'll they'll try to get a lot of reps. But 
Uh, Utah's got some options at the very least at that safety position um, so much that they had to move one of their young guys, Zamaya Vaughn to cornerback just because of, you know, the depth that they have at safety, but also the need for a, a bigger, longer uh, cornerback prospect or cornerback. Yeah. And I think Vaughn has made a good transition to cornerback. So really fascinated to see the safety group, but just the defensive secondary in general. Yeah. No, no. I, yeah. I guess that one position, that one safety spot in particular, um, is, is going to be intriguing to see what happens there. And then I guess you could also argue from a defensive standpoint and something to pay attention to on Saturday would be would be the other cornerback position. So you'll you'll have Clark Phillips on one side. What who do you think who do you think will play the other side, Steve? Or is that still yet to be determined? It'll be it'll be fun to see how that plays out. I I do think that JT Broughton is is the the top dog at, at cornerback. I think Clark Phillips um, it's him and Clark Phillips on the outside and then Malone Mataele, you know, on the slot. I think ideally you would love to see Phillips take over at the slot just because I think, I think we all kind of assume that that's where he's best suited is to play inside. Uh, but I think right now you've got Clark Phillips on the outside and JT Broughton on the outside. That's a really good duo. I, you know, JT Broughton is, you know, five eleven, six foot, good size, has really good speed. Um, I think his progress is going to be very, very important for Utah. Uh, and I think he's got the traits where you can feel comfortable with him in man coverage. Um, maybe not to the point of, uh, of uh, you know, a Jalen Johnson where you can just leave him on an island. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I think he's got the athletic traits, the size that you want in a player like that. Um, it's just going to be dependent on how much progress he's made. And so really, really interested to see the progress of those two guys. But I, I look at Phillips and, and Broughton as two guys on the outside for sure. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited. I think, I, I still think there are question marks, obviously that Utah football needs to address and whether or not we get answers during the spring game is to be determined. But, but at the same time, it's, 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 it's a, it's one of those years, or at least it feels like one of those years for Utah football where they've got enough players, obviously, to have a have an impact, potentially make a run. That like they, the team's good enough in the sense that that they they're talented to potentially make it to the Pac-12 championship game, or at least that's my opinion. But there are still question marks that need to unfold uh, and need to be answers, I should say, for Utah to, to further prove that. Um, I don't know if we go into the if, if Utah goes into the 2021 season, Steve is as one of the favorites in the South this year, like they have over the last couple of years. But they're certainly going to be competitive, uh, and yeah. if a few things go their way and uh, and luck falls on their side, and and then they find momentum, and then they or they catch fire, then I mean, this is a team that's certainly good enough to to make it to a Pac-12 title game. Um, I don't know yeah. if it's good enough to win a Pac-12 title game, but then again. Then again, I, I, I'm scarred from from 2000 and what year would that have been? I think 2019, 19. because I, I and still to this day, Steve, I that that team was too good not to win that game. Yeah. So why did they? Yeah, lose, I, agree. Like, I, I I I ponder this all the time. Like, why did they lose that football game? Had, like, they didn't show up. They just didn't show up. Yeah, yeah. Why? It's, it still hurts, Tom. It still hurts, man. Still like, hurts. But um, like, why? It, I, that's going to be like something that, 
you know, is we're going to, we're going to have to ponder for, for years to come is, you know, what if, what, what went wrong? Why did that not go the way that many, a lot of people thought it would. I mean, Utah came into that game as I, I want to say they were the favorite heading into that game against yeah. Oregon, you know, and, and we talked about it with our, you know, at 24 seven sports, we talked about it with our, our brethren at, at our Oregon site, but you know, they looked at Utah as the favorite and, you know, Oregon just came in with a plan. And I think, I think Utah came in a little, little flat footed and that, that sucks to say. And so, you know, when talking about this upcoming season, I think for the most part, a lot of the national people are kind of pegging Utah as the third team in the Pac-12 South. A lot of people will talk about Utah as, as a contender for the South Division, and I think that's I think that's fair. I think when you look at yeah, Utah's roster, the big question mark revolves around quarterback, and you look at the two teams that are ahead of them, According to most, it's they have answers at the quarterback when you're talking about Keaton Slovis and Jaden Daniels. So a lot of this is going to be dependent on how well the quarterback position, uh, how well they play at Utah, whether it's Charlie Brewer or whether it's Cameron Rising. Uh, I think Utah's success is going to be largely dependent upon play of the quarterback. Yeah. They've got everything that you need. You know, when you look throughout the rest of the roster, they've got everything you could want, right? They've got a strong defense. They've got skilled players, Brent Keithy, Britton Covey, Solomon Enos. You've got running backs. You've got an offense. You've got everything. It's just that question mark at quarterback has to be resolved. And I think uh, that's that's what this season is. is it's where that the season hinges is at the quarterback position. Well, it feels like the season hinges at the quarterback position most years. Does it not? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think uh, when you look at it, Utah has always been strong defensively. There have been question marks about Utah's defense, you know, most years. And I think for the most part, we've kind of learned that, you know, regardless of what we think going into the season, Utah's going to be strong defensively. They're going to make adjustments. They're going to do what they need to do to be a strong defensive team. I think we've learned to give Utah that leash uh, when it comes to the defense. There have been other issues that have, that have hurt Utah, but, but quarterback has been something that has been, I don't want to say every year, there's a question mark every year at the quarterback position. Um, But yeah, sure. I think, you know, in a situation like this, there have been question marks over the last two years, unfortunately, because of the injury to Cameron rising, you know, in the, in the first 10 minutes of, of the season, um, we're here we are wondering what the quarterback position is going to look like. And it sucks. It's just a product of football, you know, yeah. and, and that. So, uh, but, you know, we'll, uh, it, it'll be fun because I think Utah is much better situated at the quarterback position than they have been for, for years. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think Andy Ludwig's fortunate in that sense. Um, he has quite a few players at his disposal. So if Cam Rising, go ahead. And let me clarify it because better situated in terms of having options in you know in in a quarterback battle, right? Like they've got they've got talent, they've got depth. Obviously, if you have a penciled in starter like a Tyler Huntley was in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, you would prefer that situation over this situation. Just want to clarify that because I know people listen to it and 
be like, shut the hell up, Bartle. But just just to clarify, I'm sorry, Tom. I had to I had to clarify. No, I had no, to no. clarify. Hey, trust me, if I've learned one thing over the last handful of months, clarifying we'll give it is to you. <laughs> very important. Wow. Uh you do not want people thinking otherwise. Um, <laughs> they do have a lot of talent. That's the bottom line. Andy Lundick yeah. has got a lot of talent to work with, and uh it's now look, it's it, Getting the most out of an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid is not easy. Um, and, that's, and that's where I fall is uh, when, I, when, I, when I study coaches, when I, when I look at their demeanor, when I look at how they interact with players and, and whatnot. I, you know, I, I don't put a ton into scheme, to be fair. I, I just don't. When I watch Utah football play, I think scheme's great and it can win you football games. It can also lose you games. But the bottom line is uh, if – if if you if you as a coach know how to get how to handle players and, and get the most out of them, then you'll be successful. And that's in my opinion, that's what Andy Ludwig's biggest test this year is finding the best quarterback for the program uh, for 2021, and then and then trying to get the most out of him. Because Carl Whittingham, whether you like it or not, he's a conservative coach. He's a defensive minded guy. He's been public. He's spoken about that. The entire fan base, the world knows at this point that Carl Whittingham is a conservative defensive coach. And when it comes to offensive football, if he if he had it in a perfect world, he would he would run the football more often than not and score on every drive through the running game and and not have to throw it a ton because throwing the football there is more risk in that. So. Um, so Andy Ludwig, as he does every year, has got his hands. Uh, he's got his, uh, I guess, what, he's trying to figure out how to best go about his business. But it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I think that's that's where I'm at as well. Offensive line for me, one. Quarterback, two. Um, and if both those position groups can find form, then I think Utah football wins the South. Yeah, I think I think you bring up a fair, fair question there, Tom. And I, if you look at Andy Ludwig's history, whether it be you know, his first year at Utah with Tyler Huntley and what he was able to do with Huntley and maximize his talents. I think that's an encouraging sign. Yeah. If you go back to his time at, at Vanderbilt, he was, <laughs> I think, I think under Ludwig, Vanderbilt had their best offense in the history of the program. <laughs> I would have to go back and like look it up, but I'm pretty sure that statistically speaking, Vanderbilt's numbers under Ludwig in like year three or four of, of his tenure uh, were some of the best years at the very least that um, the Commodores have had. Nice. Um, anyways, so I, I, I do think it's a fair question, right? Can he maximize the quarterback position? Can he maximize the talent on the roster? I think there are positive signs that he's done that in the past and he he'll need to do that again. Um, and so that'll be that'll be fun to see. In terms of what I'm looking forward to most this Saturday, obviously I said the quarterback position. I want to see the wide receivers as well. You know, we know we know what we're going to get in Covey and, and Solomon Enos uh, and Jalen Dixon to an extent. There is some intrigue there in terms of his return, just because he's been away from the game. Right. Um, but you know, there's there's guys Kane Savage making the move from cornerback to receiver. He played receiver in high school and was really good. He was recruited by many schools, I think even Washington state as, as a receiver. So you know, if Washington state wa- wants you as a receiver, you've got some ability. Um, so I'm excited to see that. I'm interested to see money parks. 
I was really high on him during his recruitment. Um, I want, you know, I would love to see him make some plays on Saturday and show signs of progress. And then obviously Devon Vele um, is a guy that we're all interested in seeing. So, you know, for me, it's quarterbacks, receivers, and then I would probably say uh, the offensive line is what I'm, I'm most interested in seeing on Saturday. A lot of good players, a lot of individual things to follow, but in terms of just the groups, that's, that's where, I, where my uh, attention will be paid. Well, it's, um, it's exciting nonetheless, regardless of what position group you, you will be keeping an eye on if you're, if you're able to attend. If not, it'd be on the Pac-12 networks. I think 12 o'clock is kickoff. So set your DVR then and, uh, and sit back, relax, grab a bag of popcorn and, and enjoy the show. It'll be it's popcorn fun. ready. It's popcorn ready. As we say this every year, Steve, it's a game. It's it's the spring games. One of those games where you're probably not going to have a great understanding after the conclusion of the game as to where the team stands. But that's okay. Um, it's not designed. Yeah. It's not designed to to do that. It's um, just enjoy the athletes on hand and, and yes. see what they're all about and the the way they move and the way they throw or the way they block whatever position they are. But I'm excited for it. Uh, at S Bartle 247 is where you can follow Steve. You can check me out at Tom Can't Hack It. Utezone.com, seven-day free trial. That's where you can find Steve's work. Mine's at kslsports.com. And, of course, Nate Wade Subaru is the proud sponsor of this podcast. Without them, none of it would be possible. Steve, my man. I appreciate you. Best of luck uh, Saturday. I'm excited to read your work and um, and enjoy Rice Echoes. I, I need a photo of that end zone, that south end zone, please. I got you, Tom. I got you. I right, do. Have fun. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.